Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast for March 19, 2017. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who declared open war with Neil Baum. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, g'day, Michael. I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I love Barmy. Mm. I loved him as a player. Yep. Like, I don't remember much of it. I was very, very young. It's mainly black and white footage of him punching Carlton players. Yeah, it? there's a lot of that. And I love that. Even though I was a Carlton fan, I just thought, that guy didn't get a kick. Snap him. <laughs> and I think that should happen more now. Yep. Uh, I love Barmy when he was a footy manager at Geelong. Yep. Huge fan. I used to wear Barmy's face on my duffel coat. He, he looks like a cuddly man. Yes. He looks very, lovable, very doesn't huggable. he? Very huggable. Yeah. And even the Melbourne supporters, they wanted to cuddle him when mm. he was the coach at Melbourne there. Joe Gutnick loved him. Yeah. Then he went from Geelong. He went to Collingwood. You kind of went, all right. But the Collingwood players loved him. Bucks mm. loved him. Mick, Mick Malthouse, he wasn't there then, was he? Uh, yeah, I reckon he was. Was he? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Everyone loved him. Mm. And then he's gone to Richmond as the saviour. They're going to make the finals again. They're probably going to win the flag because Barmy's there. Absolutely. Everyone loved him. But now oh, he's turned me against him. He said that the captain's day, the day that all of the AFL captains get together, every single one, except for those that can't be fucked, right, get together... At the MCG and talk about the year that's coming up. He said it's a waste of time. Okay, the, the day where they they say who's going to make the eight, who's going to win the flag. Yeah, who's, who's gonna possibly going to be the brown line medalist, yeah. all that sort of shit. Yep. And, and, and they get their photos. Opposing captains who hate each other. Yeah, hate each hate other. Hate each other. Never talk to each other off the ground, ever. Passionate hatred. Get their photos taken together. Captain's Day, it's my favourite day on the, on the AFL calendar. Like I, big, I said yeah. to you, like as I think uh, the final siren went and the Western Bulldogs were celebrating, I remember saying to you, how many days is it to Captain's Day? <laughs> and how much are the tickets this year? And you said, they're free. Yep. And I said, why did I pay $250 for a ticket last year? You got conned pretty bad. Yeah, pretty badly. It's one of my favourite days on the calendar. Um... I think this year there may have been eighty to 100,000 people at the MCG. Yeah, I think it was a new record, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you just see the lines as you're driving past the MCG, as, you, as you're rolling up. Kids are excited, aren't oh, they? Oh, who isn't? You yeah. get to see your favourite captains, you get to see your favourite journalists. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Robbo's down there. Yep. Uh, uh, Sam Edmonds is down there. Uh, Purple. Purple's, Purple's definitely down there. The Hutch, Buzz. Hutchie sniffing around. The Buzz, they're all down there. Patrick Smith is down there. Greg Denham, he's at Eddie Had Stadium because he's got no fucking idea. <laughs> he doesn't know it's at the MCG. And it's just one of the greatest days. And, and the, the, the captains are honest and open. You ask them any question, any question you want, yep. they'll answer it. Absolutely. You know, they'll tell you that uh, people are flying. Like even this year, that Mark Murphy came out and he said that Matthew Cruiser is going to take the competition by storm. No way. So you had to say that any other day. How did they get that out of him? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you're allowed to just fucking lie in an open forum like yep. that, <laughs> which is a fantastic day. So fuck you, Barmy. Don't ever say that Captain's Day is a waste of time. Dead to us. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Adelaide players not show up? Well, Taylor Walker, he's, he's, uh, he's got a tight hamstring. And you know... You still get on a plane. Oh, uh, you know when you're on a flight... Actually, like a virgin flight, you might actually have to climb up the stairs. Well, there's that. Instead of in the smooth walkway. And it's what, what's the flight? It's like maybe an hour and... 
10 from tarmac to tarmac, mm. you can't be sitting down for an hour and 10. You've got to be doing rehab. Like, he would just be in the galley icing up. And if you want yep. a bourbon and coke with ice, <laughs> they go, where is it? You go, it's on, it's on Texas. It's tail is like hamstring. Hamstring. You go, yep. fuck this. Shouldn't have got that flight. So that's fair enough he didn't show up. Hey, uh, should we plug live shows, Adam? Let's do it. Go for it. Well, we've got our live show April 7th uh, at 11pm at the European Beer Cafe with Merrick Watts and the fantastic Adam Cooney. I think it's going to be a very fun night. Tickets available at trybooking.com. And we did have a guest pull out on us. We were going to announce it today, Justin Kaczynski, but he's had to he's had to bail on us. So we are looking for another guest. But don't worry, Junk Timers, we're going to get a huge guest and it's going to be a lot of fun. I think Neil Baum pulled out too after your rant about him. Fuck Neil Baum. My live show, I'm going to be calling an album. We'll call it an album, Hour of Stand Up, on Thursday, this Thursday. That's his... Uh, at Kazratop's Dirty Secrets at 8.30 and tickets... Uh, are there about three or four spots left for people? So yes. email me through junktimeafourpod at gmail.com. It's going to be a huge night. My live show during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival from do April... Any, do you have a support for that for that gig? Yeah, I will. Um, I okay. just haven't got that yet. Justin Kaczynski? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah it's not you because you're, you're going to the footy. I am going to the footy. <laughs> and then I start Melbourne International... Although, hang on. What, what time are you recording? 8.30. Okay, well, if it's a 7.30 start, the game could be over by then. Um, yeah, I think there's a very strong chance. <laughs> How dare you? And Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Old Chamber, Life in Moderation. So the show, April 10 to 23, 9.45. Tickets can be found at comedyfestival.com.au. All right, let's introduce our very special guest for this week, Michael. A man yeah. that uh, is a huge Essendon supporter. He's an, he's an author. One of, our, one of our only authors on this show that's actually written his own book. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. We actually. can guarantee yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. We can guarantee that. David Lawrence, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you for the highbrow introduction. Great to be here. 32 degrees outside. Could be at the beach, but no, I'm here with you guys <laughs> and uh, very happy about that. Junk time. It's junk time. Uh, the, the Wayne Jackson Studios, it's sort of like Captain's Day. You, you would not want to be anywhere else. I tell you, with Captain's Day, yeah. I do live for that myself. So I'm with you on the balmy stuff. And this year, one of them came out and said Essendon would make the eight. Uh, so I live for that sort of shit. Mm, yeah. So you I are... Know which dumb, dumb bricks did, but anyway. Well, you're not allowed to... You can't mention your own team yeah, so in, in terms of finals or grand final. Yeah, so someone else has it come out and Dyson. said that. Yeah. Um, Encouraging. Well, you know, Mick Malthouse, uh, he wrote an article today and he said that uh, Essendon potentially could be in the finals. He named three teams to come into the finals who weren't in there last year and he said two teams, uh, Adelaide and North Melbourne, are not going to make the finals. So he's got a final, final, final nine. nine. Yeah, <laughs> so he's very good, Mick. He's he sees in time. the future. He, he is. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you become a Bombers fan? We're as fascinated by people's origin stories. Well, my dad was an Essendon fan. Thank God I didn't go down that uh, path. But my grandmother, she was just like a nutcase one eye, literally she had one eye, mm-hmm. um, she was blind in one eye, but she just loved the Bombers, used to get all their, you know, stickers and stuff and just send it to me, so from the age of five, yeah, oh, cool. And so you used to go, did you used to go to Windy Hill, travel there? Windy Hill, yeah, yep. used to go to Windy Hill regularly, uh, and some great memories from out there, you know, that was old suburban footy ground, an absolute classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, were you there for any special days? Did you see Lee Matthews break a post, were you there? I wasn't there for that, but I was there the day a gas cylinder went off, uh, and... It just started hissing. I was there with a mate. and so he You must have been close to it to hear it. No, we were, it's really, we were really near the hot dog sort of stand where it was at. Yeah. And it just started hissing and everyone just bolted everywhere. And then this very cool constable, probably Barry Grinter, the former bomber backman, just came over and turned it off calmly and everyone went back on watching the game. <laughs> well, I guess back in the day there would have been a lot of people around that uh, having a bit of a dart 
Oh, yeah, no, it was. It was compulsory. In fact, Mark Harvey, that day, there was the bowling club where you could actually have a beer at halftime. Yeah. Mark Harvey was injured. Yeah. He was having a beer, and I'm pretty probably was having a dart too, but he was definitely having a beer at halftime. And, uh, yeah, it was all... So what time frame are we talking about? How old are you? I'm 52. Okay. Would I be so one of the oldest people on your show as well? Uh, yeah, by a mile. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, are you, are you, you're an adult by 84. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, great years. 84, 85. 83 was a shocker. Yep. 83 was an absolute shocker, and I was at the 83 grand final when Colin Robson, King Hit, I don't care, there was an article the other day in the newspaper, yep. King Hit Watson from behind, yep. dirtiest thing I've ever seen. Um, Colin Robertson? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, not the, that's not the biggest punch you're ever going to get. Yeah, well, he went on to win the Norm Smith that day. Did he? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It was a dog. Did, did you see him? I saw him. <laughs> you I saw, saw it. Yeah. As I sit here in the studio, yeah. I saw it, and to this day, and, and Tim Watson covered for him, said, no, I don't think he did anything wrong. But no, he did. Well, he didn't say it. He was behind him. Yeah. And Tim Watson, if you've heard him on SEN, he talks about everything. Everything that, everything that Job says to him, he just puts out there. So he wouldn't lie. If it happened to him, he'd dob him in. He would probably. So were you at 84 or 85? I was at 85. Yeah. And that was the most relaxed grand final I've ever been to because they really couldn't lose. Yeah. They uh, were incredible that year, weren't they? Yeah. And it was just, it was just, you could just sit down and relax and yeah. it was only Melbourne. But that, that was beautiful. Great memories. And so you beat the you beat the Hawks in '85. Were you there? Were you, did you watch Lethal get? Uh, he got cheered yeah, off in did. tears. Was that great? Yeah. Well, that was good actually because in '83 he kicked six or seven and destroyed us. Mm-hmm. And he is without doubt the best player I've ever seen. He was frightening. He was yeah. the most frightening player I've ever seen. He'd be in the forward line, and he just everyone was shit scared of him. No one would go near him. He was a freak. I don't know why. He's just on field. He just seemed like a really lovely bloke, and I have no evidence to prove otherwise. So I think, you know, I still the, have a the memory. lethal is, is undeserved. I still have a memory from 85, being at the game, and uh, an elderly lady kind of next to me or in the row in front of me just fucking ripping the shit out of Lee Matthews as he got carried off. Yeah. It could have been your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> she actually died too before then, hit, but thanks for bringing it up. He'd hit, yeah. he'd hit Neville Bruns that year, and so after that he got booed every time yeah. he near, yeah. the, near the ball. Yeah, I reckon it was in... Well, obviously, if Lee Matthews was playing, so I reckon it must have been either 84 85 uh, final series and I was at the MCG watching a final. It certainly wasn't the grand final, but Hawthorne were in it. And I remember the guy behind us standing up and screaming. And this is the first time I'd ever heard this. You know, when you're a kid, you just eyes are open. And this guy just screaming, you sit down to piss, Lee Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what does that mean, Dad? What's going on? Why doesn't he? Who doesn't? Yeah. What, is that wrong? Okay. He would not have said that to his face. That no, <laughs> no, chance. no No chance. Now, occasionally during this, and I, lo- I love a good nickname. Don't yep. get me wrong. Now, occasionally I may refer to you as Starchy. I've known yep. you for quite... A while, and your nickname to me has always been Starchy. Your name is David Lawrence. Can you explain the uh, the background to Starchy as a nickname? It goes back to when I was ten years old, mm-hmm. and I started at a new school. And there was a kid at the school called David Lawrence who'd left the year before. He's six foot eight now, tall and skinny. Um, I'm blonde and quite short and fat. Uh, and I just inherited his nickname at the age of ten. He was called Starchy. I, I've never met the guy. I'm Starchy, and I've ever since ten, forty-two years, I've had that name. And I never met the guy. I just stole, basically, his nickname. And do you know where Starchy came from? No, I don't. I don't know where he got his nickname from. <laughs> uh, Maybe there was a previous David Lawrence to him. It's just well, it, passed on like a baton. It could. It could. That's what could happen. But, yeah, so I've just had that since I was 10 years old. I've never heard you refer to that. Is, do most people call you Starchy? I get DJ, because my dad's another David Lawrence. We're a very imaginative family. Uh, <laughs> so I get DJ, my initials at home. Uh, and Loro. A lot of Loro. Loro. Yeah, I get Loro quite a bit. Yeah. I think I go with Starchy. Yeah, no, Starchy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just been me since I was 10, so yeah. Now, anyone out there who uh, has children or loves children. Uh, <laughs> Dangerous. Um, 
may be aware of the, the there's a children's sporting book called Fox Swift. Now you're the you're the author of uh, of said book, well, co-author, co-author. Congratulations yeah, on that. Yeah. Um, you, you wrote that with Silvio Rioli. That's right. Uh, who is you know one of the most magical footballers I've ever seen. Yep. Mm. Now how did that come about? How do you come about uh, thinking of a firstly a kids' footy book and then getting Cyril involved? Well, the, the sort of idea for the book came first. I'd written a netball one with Eloise Southby, the in fact, Jeff Southby's daughter, yep. Australian oh, yeah. uh, star netballer. I wrote a netball book with her called Anna Flowers, and that went pretty well. And the publisher said, would you like to do an Aussie Rules one? And you know, I'm a bit better at Aussie Rules or knew a bit more about the netball. So I said, yep, who do you want to do it with? And just thought, you know, who's a player that everyone loves? And you can't get anyone from Collingwood or Carlton because you know, half the people will hate the guy. Yeah, OK. Uh, and so, yeah, we just thought Cyril would be a good one to approach because he takes marks. You know, he just it does everything right. Really, so yeah, we approached him, and I did an hour pitch. He sat down at the end with his managers on either side of him, Adam Romanaskis and some other guy, and I just pitched my ass off for an hour, just saying there's good versus evil. This happens, this happens. It's going to be great for kids. He didn't say a word for the whole one hour. Yeah, and I just said, so what do you think? I thought we were stuffed, and he just goes, yeah, that's really cool. I'm in, and that was it. So that's great. Yeah, what's the basic um, concept of Fox Swift? It's about a kid who moves from the country, uh, sorry, from the city to the country. There's two footy teams in the uh, in the local, t- the new town that he moves to. Hang on, let's, let's just break this down. Why did he leave the city? Is he on the run? No, he's... Witness protection? He, What's he, going on here? No, I can't... I don't want to give too much away. Cause okay. Actually, I can. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> uh, Damn. Yeah, basically, his parents shift to this place. There's a lot of refugees in the town, and they're actually lawyers that look after refugees. Oh, okay. So they move to this country town, and there's two teams in the town... You know, the, the dragons that are well financed, they've got a, you know, but a bully for a captain. Oh, I hate the dragons! Yeah. <laughs> so he could play for them or he could play for the diggers who are hopeless. They've only got 13 players. They're, you know, changing rooms are falling down. Oh, I hate the diggers! They've got a shocking coach, but he ends up, because he hates the bully so much, he plays for the diggers and ter- oh. turns around their fortunes by recruiting players from different spots. And uh, yeah, and they. Is meet. he a serial type player? He is actually. He's like he can do everything. Yep. Specky loves to take a run, kicks goals for both feet. Um, but the book's not just about him being a champion. There's some absolute battlers. Uh, Hugo, who's a really brainy kid, mm-hmm. um, but he masters the grubber goal thanks to Cyril's tips, oh, yeah. which are in the book. And uh, so he plays a very important role in the grand final against the Dragons. I won't say who wins um, in the first <laughs> book, uh, but it's a thriller. Uh, so make sure you get to that last chapter. Did you? And I'm, I'm not. I'm just uh, guessing as to what happens at the end. But did you think of uh, like breaking the hearts of every child who read the book and have the diggers going down by well, a kick after the siren? Interestingly, yeah, too. Really? Yeah. Book two, they lose, is that? Yeah, well, they do, yeah. Well, spoiler can't alert. Give away, too, <laughs> give away too much. But, uh, yeah, but it's a good result in the end. But, yeah, there's a, I like having a twist like that in there's the book. There's growth. There is. There's, and there's a third one as well where they shit it in. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's three books in the series and there's twists and turns near the uh, end, so you're not really sure what's going to happen. And, uh, did, like, uh, you said that there's uh, Cyril in the book has, was it just, like, little skill, skill well, he's chapters? Actually, his character's in the book. Okay. So, you know, the coach, who's a former reformed alcoholic, who comes out of retirement, who's a recluse, to coach the struggling team. You mentioned that in the book? Yep. I, well, actually, they made, the publisher made me take out the fact that he was an alcoholic, but he's, been, <laughs> he's just been a recluse. He did his knee, tried out for um, Hawthorne back in the 70s, did his knee. Yeah. Um, kicked nine in a Lee practice, practice game. Lee snapped it. Well, no, they were teammates, so it was... But nine goals... To yeah, but if, if he's kicking nine yeah. goals, Lethal doesn't like him around. Competition. Yeah. So, anyway, he goes... Uh, he becomes a coach... Goes back to and John Kennedy, Kanga Kennedy says, "I reckon you should talk to Cyril." So Cyril then starts emailing through his tips, 
uh, to all the, um, you know, to the coach who then passes it on to the players. Yep. Then Cyril comes down and visits them before grand finals and, and gives them a speech before the game. We hear about Cyril's Tiwi Island stories and all that sort of stuff in the book. Yeah. And in fact, I got to go to the Tiwi Islands. So there's a chapter in book three where Fox Swift goes with his mate to the Tiwi Islands yep. and meets the kids and plays footy up there, which is... That's cool. Yeah. And what, what was it like in the Tiwi Islands? It, it is just amazing. The, it's really hot. The so is that an, an hour of flight out of Darwin or it's, not it's, even? It's not even. It's 80 kilometres, but you go on the tiniest plane. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, a, not much water you've got to cross, but it's a tiny little runway you, you land on. And, yeah, there's a boarding school there where these kids, they get picked up by buses around the island. Yeah. And they go there for a week and they're billeted out with families for that week. Uh, and they're just amazing kids, fantastic kids. And they love footy. They are just... They have footy training, and if they're in trouble... They don't get to train. Like that's sort of oh, right, that's they use footy, yeah, yeah as, a, okay. as a way. But they're just really great kids who are imaginative. Some of the amazing drawers. Some have got great ideas. And what I used to do with that when I was writing the Tiwi Island chapter, I'd send the draft to them, and they'd edit it for me. And they'd go, "Oh mate, you're a loser. We don't have kangaroos here. They're wallabies." So they'd be giving me all this grief about my lack of yep. knowledge about the place. But they, yeah, just. Great kids. Yeah, okay. And, and you paid all those kids who helped you out, or is this just child labour force? It, well, let's just say they got a mention at the back of the book, and okay. you, you can't put a price on that. No, that, that's <laughs> very yeah, true. Yeah. It is incredible to you, um, by the fact they've got um, Morris, Cyril, and Michael Long all coming from there, all three North yeah. Smith medalists. Yeah. Wow, that is incredible, isn't yeah. it? For yeah. For one island. And yeah. There's really not many people there. And Tipper uh, is uh, Essendon gurus from there as well. Yep. So, you know, it's, he'll probably win this year. That'd be my tip. So Cyril reads it, has a look, gives suggestions. So basically, like, there's, I, the book's already sort of kind of written except for spots yep. where I ask him, like, how do you kick a rubber goal? Yep. So he tells me that. What were your favourite drills when you were a kid? What funny things happened to you with a kid? So I slot all those things in uh, and make sure he's happy with them. And then we're ready to go. But as a chapter on how to chicken wing, yeah, we, we didn't put that one in. He's a, okay. very, he's a very fair player. Yeah. But when, when we, at, the, he, at the book launches, that's where he was amazing. The kids just love him. Yeah, well, and yeah, they all come they along would. with their parents. And you know, Joe Gill, my business partner, she did all the drawings, the uh, cartoons in the book, and they'd, we'd be sitting there, and the kids just wouldn't want to have a bar of us. They, what are we? Oh, but you're the author. Yeah, but they oh. didn't care. And the, the parents would go, "Would you mind if we take a photo?" And I go, "Oh, this is nice." <laughs> then they hand me the camera, yeah. and I have to take a photo of them and their kid and Cyril. Yeah. Uh, but he was just so patient with all the kids. He's fan, and they love him. They yeah, really cool. Love him. And if any more coming up? Um, no, if, if I was going to write more of those ones, they'd be Chase with the younger brother. Um, but yeah, there's a there's some. I've got four basketball or two basketball books that have just come out. Yep. The bench warmers, they're called the Ball Star series, and another two coming out in May. Look out for those; they're gold. Okay. Hmm. I was going to say, if there are any more uh, Fox Swifts, I've got a couple of uh, ideas <laughs> for for the book. I thought one, uh, the Diggers, because they're they're not happy with the way that the uh, what was the other team called? The Dragons. The Dragons. They're not happy with the way the Dragons are going, so they hire an underworld mediator. <laughs> yes. To come in and go cook, like look through the books. <laughs> And well, find out what the dragons are up to. How are they paying all these kids so much coin? But that is in book two. You've actually stumbled onto what is actually in book two. And I'm, uh, is that right? Yeah. They, basically, the coach, who's an absolute dog, who's an absolute prick of a bloke I fucking of, hate of the dragons, yeah. he's been paying all the players. So they create this, this team called the Unbeatables. It's called Fox Swift and the Unbeatables. By getting all the great kids from the district, they all suddenly start playing for the dragons because they're being paid in, in a dark alley. With, in a brown paper bag via the coach. This is like Flying Start. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's very similar. So, well, because that, that was the idea for my next one is that uh, they get a manager who hits on Fox's female friends. <laughs> Again, book three. Okay, uh, yeah, great. Yeah, no, that's, they're all good ideas. And, but that's a great, great thing. You can actually take a bit of the truth yeah, yeah. and sprinkle it over um, 
and I, I, I use names of all my mates in the book too. Oh, do you? So my, my mates all read the book. And think oh, that's great. great. All right, one last one, one last yep. one. Uh, Fox... Uh, stays a night at his coach's house because he's worried he's going to test positive to Wizfix. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, and his coach is called Gabby. Um, it's another coincidence. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a, yeah, we can probably, I did, avoided the drugs and just went with the, bri- <laughs> yeah, with the okay. bribery. All right. Yeah. Is well, that's Fox, fantastic. Is Fox going to be 11 forever or will he, uh, no, he, he gets he a year age. old, he, he ages each year. Yeah. And he's course. actually, in the last one, he gets a scholarship to go off to the city to, to be a boarder. Yeah, cool, like man. Like Cyril did. Yep, yep. And mm. so do you reckon he'll make it? I reckon there's a really good chance. Yeah, he can do it all. But the thing is, his younger brother might be better. Oh, it's a bit like the Jarman brothers, I reckon. (laughs) Hopefully, Chase won't pork out as much as Darren. (laughs) Or or it could be the opposite, like the O'Halpin brothers. (laughs) So you never know which way it's going to go. Yeah, you don't. But no, at this stage, Chase is looking pretty good. And the Bombers, man, tough times. The the, the last three years have been hell. I'm Mm. not going to lie to you. Um, Did you still go to many games last year? I went to a few, but it was it was just tough, and I didn't go to didn't see them have a win. Yeah. Um, it's just been t- every time you open a newspaper, you just know there's going to be some article slamming Essendon, uh, and you just it just hurts yeah. really. But let's fingers crossed this year's going to turn it around a bit for them. How do you think they'll go this year? I reckon everything's got to go right, and it already hasn't. So Lewenberg is already out for the first round. That's a disaster. Um, with respect to McKernan, um, yeah, but McKernan dominated in the JLT, and that is that's. The barometer. If you're going well in the JLT, it means you're going to probably yeah. win the Brown. I actually tune out of football now. Like, I'm more about the JLT. Yeah. In, in round one. I well, <laughs> yours is JLT Captain's Day season over. Yeah. I'm pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. you can relax yeah. now. You're going to do a podcast by yourself, Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a. Okay, look, if everything went to plan, they could sneak into the eight. Yeah. I just don't think it will. Could you make Mick Malthouse's top nine? The top, I reckon we're a chance to come ninth. Ninth. If they make that rule change. Yeah. Could be finals. And well, yeah, so, yeah I, I think the Bombers are going to do very well, but yeah. I reckon you'll fade out second half of the year because just you can't have a year off. You can't. I mean, it doesn't matter how many bulls you've got chasing yeah. you in Pamplona. You need to get some. <laughs> you need to get somebody in to kind of help you, kind of you know. Oh, run out, run run out, out games. games. Yeah, yeah, I guess you know, it's not a bad idea. So you don't trail off at the end of the year. <laughs> Any ideas, Michael? <laughs> I got a mate of mine. He, uh, <laughs> The sports He's busy, busy at the minute because his um, house got shut up last <laughs> night. But, uh, <laughs> um, and are you happy with Heppel as captain? Yeah, you know, country boy, very good. I would have loved Job just kept going. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if he didn't want to do it, then good on Dice. Good on you is what he says all the time. Yeah. Reminds me of Husey a bit, Dave Husey. He's got a bit of Husey about him. Okay. Uh, but he, I don't think he'll be really good. Did and, Job just give it up just by the fact that I've had a lot on, you know, my coffee business has taken off. Well, yeah, probably that. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to look after Jose the dog, so he's focus just, on him. Yeah, he just palmed it off. Like, Instagram. That, was that the main reason? Uh, yeah, I think I think the weight of having to give the Brownlow back as well is just all a bit much. Oh, and yeah. he just went, you know what? Fuck footy. Mm. I just want to get a kick. I don't want to think about, you know, coin yeah. tosses and, yeah. and sponsorship things. And, and, and apparently he's been solid as a rock down there this year, helping the younger boys. They love him. Yeah. yeah cool. And why wouldn't you? He's a good bloke. Mm. Hey, uh, Bevo made a bit of a weird speech, Adam. Luke Beveridge. Yeah. But he's so, he's so <laughs> you know, straight down the line. He doesn't mess around. Uh, what must have been, like, the, their season launch or something? Mm-hmm. So he... We, we kind of rewrote Dr. Zeus. What? I think he did. I'm trying to work it out. You can't, you can't touch the great Dr. Zeus. I mean, he's a doctor, for starters. <laughs> the here, here, speech says, Our great friend and surgeon, I don't know if he's in the room tonight, Dr. David Young, alerted me to the fact that in 1990, the wise and wonderful Theodore... Gizelle, nicknamed Dr. Zeus, wrote a book about the Bulldogs called The Places You'll Go. Is that, was that his nickname? What? Dr. Seuss? <laughs> yeah. He got it from some other guy called Dr. Zeus when he was 
And then he wrote, he read out essentially a kind of a rhyming. You know, it says a place you could sprain both the elbow and chin. Do, do you dare to stay out? Do you dare? To, do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? He read a kind of a Doctor Zeus style thing about the doggies. It doesn't sell it for the players' IQ, does it? If to read the children's yeah. book. Well, at least they can grasp it. Yeah, we could I have mean, gone with Brave New World, but no. We'll, uh, we'll should have got you in to, re- to, well, to write it. Well, Fox Swift would have been. We could have actually... I love reading a Fox Swift. Yeah. You know, for the right price, you can make him the Bulldogs. I'll do it for free. But you know where this has come from? I mean, Alastair Clarkson, he's, he's a prodigy of Alastair Clarkson. Yep. Clarko yep. sang the song down at the club last year. So each... Uh, you know, former assistant coach of Clarko is going out with their own thing. Now he's he's gone with the children's book, so Brendan Bolton is going to have to do you know something of his own, some kind of performance art piece. Yeah, so he might yeah. do like an interpretative dance or yeah. a mime. He'd be yeah, good. a mime. Yeah. yeah, a little mime yeah. thing, or yeah, or he could be you know he could be cut in half Damien. by someone, by a magician. <laughs> Damien Harbick, he's just uh, juggling. <laughs> yes, so it's very yeah. basic, very basic. <laughs> so things like that. I don't, it's, it's amazing, you know, the, the coaches have to go to such uh, amazing lengths to try and get the focus of the players. Yeah, Cap- it's incredible. Like, wasn't it the uh, Alan Jeans in 89 talking about buying a pair of shoes? Let a buyer buy a pair of shoes, yes. And he didn't pay the price. He didn't pay the price for didn't a pair of shoes. Price. Well, yeah. He stole a pair of shoes. No, Am I missing this analogy? Story in 89, half grand, halftime grand final, uh, that Alan Jeans told a story about a little kid who went to go and buy some shoes, had like two pounds or whatever. Wasn't it him? Huh? Was it not him? Mm. Is it a friend? Yeah, actually, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was him yeah. back in the early uh, 1900s. 1850s. And he, uh, instead of buying the expensive pair, he bought the cheaper pair, his pair so he could pocket a little bit of coin. And then the cheaper pair began to fall apart very quickly. Yep. And he wished he'd paid the price. Jeez, I'm not surprised Geelong came back in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> Crappy. Imagine hearing that at half time of the grand final. Yeah. Jeezy, lift. Well, they say they, say they walk out as like the most you know, emotional speech they'd ever seen. And Dipper's on the, on the documentary <laughs> yeah. going, I'm thinking... I'm thinking he had a brain aneurysm. I said, like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they were, they were tears in their eyes and they went out. It's incredible. Yeah. Like just to, I mean, I know they love their coaches. They always talk about loving their coaches and things they'll do. But if he starts doing that, you just be going, he's had a fucking stroke. <laughs> Jeans, he's gone. Because didn't he... Was it the next year he did have the stroke? Uh, year before. And then Alan Joyce took over? No, 88. Oh, is that the one Joyce coached? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. So maybe they're just worried about that's one of the after effects. <laughs> well, you would be, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the doctors have said, look, there, there may be occasions where he just drifts <laughs> off and babbles on about <laughs> something. Grandpa Simpson. Yeah, just let it go <laughs> and you'll, you'll be right. And uh, Peter Gordon did something as well. Well, uh, they – so this is, at the same, this is at the same night. So it's a big night. Massive big night, night for the doggies. They got uh, – They started the, off with Dr. Zeus. Yes, yeah, yeah the, the nickname of Dr. Seuss. How did you top that? Well, they took possession of the 2016 flag oh, that's cool. at the uh, AFL season launch. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? Mm. Like, so you get the Premiership Cup, you get to drink out of that, you get to piss in that, you get to lose that, do whatever it mm. is. And then they give you a, an untainted flag for you to unfurl a couple of days later. And that's going to be massive, isn't it, against Collingwood at the MCG oh. to unfurl that flag. Mm. It's going to be a huge night. But he said, Peter Gordon said that this is this flag has been a long time coming and we will take good care of it. Well, I'm glad, glad he put that in there. He said, this flag is for every player who lay exhausted on the field after any one of seven losing preliminary finals. Don't know about that. It's for every player we've had to sell or trade who didn't want to go. So, Brad Hardy. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's for him. <laughs> it's for him. Yeah. Well, he played in the prelim. He did too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, waved, his, waved his jumper at Mick Malthouse and that yep. was the end of it. 
he said it was for everyone who didn't want to go, but it was necessary to keep the club alive over the last 40, 50 years. It's for every administrator who did their best to keep the show on the road over the decades off the smell of an oily rag. Mm. It's for every supporter who signed over a pension check or emptied out a money box to keep us alive in 89. You know who he was missing, though? The one person. One person he didn't give the... The boot, didn't, the boot stutter? The boot stutter. The oh. boot stutter. Didn't give a fucking mention of the boot stutter. Didn't give that, the, top that, out. the club doesn't exist without the boot stutter. We all know that. And also, you think the Bulldogs would have a pretty significant story behind their boot stutter. Oh. Yeah. Like, of all the clubs... You How think many of, years would that boot stutter have been there? That's like, the guy who's been there 75 years. Since 54, he yeah. would have been there for the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's walked barefoot. Since 55, yep. because he gave the boots to the players. Every time they came in, they're like, oh, fuck, I can't afford boots. Hands and he's over. like, I paid the price. <laughs> I hope Valentine's doesn't steal this, but have my boots. That's the one person. Yeah, the Did one person he's overlooked. Every speech goes down to the boot stutter. That's yeah. what they say, from the, the, the president down to the boot Down stutter. to the boot stutter. It's inclusive. Yeah, he's the bottom of the... Mm. Uh, I'm food, disappointed with Peter Gordon. I, I think it... I don't know if it's too over the top. Are so. you calling for him to step down? Well, I, I'll definitely call for that. I think it's tainted, <laughs> that premiership yeah. flag. So yeah. I think when it's unfilled on Friday night, I it think there should be a minute silence. Turn don't, your back on it. Yeah, don't cheer it. Every yeah. boot stutter uh-huh. in the league oh. should turn their back on the flag. They should walk out. Turn their back on it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, even though uh, boots aren't studded now. Oh, that's right. It's a good point. But the hacks all half, halfway through. So as they're going to turn, snap, all the, all the yeah. studs come off. So they're just trying to you know run in a, a silky... Slippery surface. You, you can't overlook the boot stutter. I don't care about your seven prelim losses. So what does the boot stutter do, given that there's no studs anymore? Well, cleaning. They get cleaning. And also, I think they're more kind of, uh, what would you call it? The property steward? Property steward. Yeah, so word. when you come yeah. in and you... Because uh, they, they hand out the jumpers on game day. I think so. I don't think oh, players nice. turn up... With, with their with their game day jumper, and they probably have the reserves for you know when you get in you get a jumper punch and you tear it, yep. and then you run off and it's down to your midriff. You know we're going into state, we've got to bring all the stuff, we've got to bring water bottles. Yeah, bring... this one person has to carry the spare jumper for twenty two players. Yes, and boots and studs or and, whatever, whatever yeah. cleaning equipment. And not only that, he uh, they don't pay for his extra carry on extra luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Comes out of his own pocket. Like when bucks. he go yeah when he when they fly Virgin, he's paying like two hundred and forty bucks yeah, extra good, each time they fly. And he's on Tiger too, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they, they fucking hate him. And especially if you're the West Coast one, you're flying every second oh. week. That guy's been broke yeah. for years. There are um, pluggers back at the uh, Swans, Adam. He's looking good. Massive news. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty trim, isn't he? Trim, he looks ill. <laughs> I agree. Don't you think? Like, I mean, how, how heavy do you reckon Plugger was when he played? Uh, Actually, I spoke to the dietitian at St Kilda. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he was down there, and his skin folds were unbelievably high. But he was 100 and, 110, 115? Yeah, yeah, he was. He's yeah. Up there. yeah, yeah, he was. Wait a second. How are you talking to the dietitian down at St Kilda? Is I that was the... at uni with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, so but she was down there, and yeah, she used to do his skin fold test, and she's going, mate. How was she still in a job? <laughs> they just look at Plugger and go, what the fuck are you doing? Imagine if, he, if she wasn't there. That's, that's probably the scary thing. But I think it would have been, had he been that, uh, you know, when the police were, you know, he was hiding in the cupboard. If he had been that skinny, they never would have found him. That would have been brilliant. Yeah. Wikipedia says he's 112. That might have been his playing weight. Playing weight, yeah. yeah. Which I reckon to be. Tell you what, though, when, when he was on, like I only saw Plugger a few times uh, growing up, but I saw him in the Geelong uh, Geelong St Kilda elimination final. Remember the old McIntyre system? So it was. Oh yeah. Mm. 
Was it three versus four or second versus? There was no... I think Geelong finished quite high, but they lost to St Kilda or vice versa. But one of the higher teams was out. Uh, didn't Plugger like, kick seven or something? Seven or eight, then, yeah. yeah. It was, it was amazing to watch him just on the lead. No one was getting in his yeah. way. But yeah. now, you or I could stop him. <laughs> Imagine Mick Martin would just laugh at him now. <laughs> Look at that. So he's down there being forward coach or something like that? Goal-kicking specialist coach? Yeah, I think so. But is, is that like having down a Carlton? But I, I reckon Buddy Franklin goes okay. Like, he's not doing too badly as a goal kicker. Yeah, but what about the rest of them? Or is he their only goal kicker? Tippett. What about, you know, he probably needs some oh, work. He's fucking... Needs a bit of hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no yeah. one's going to be able to help Kurt Tippett. Tippett needs, yeah, yeah. More, more than just the goal kicking side of things. <laughs> yeah. But probably, yeah, Plugger would take Franklin and, you know, you don't swing around on him, you know, to yeah. the That's stupid. Yeah, and, and I think that's what he did say in one of the uh, interviews. was like, oh, if he just straighten up a little bit, yeah. you know, I, think, I reckon Buddy's arc's yeah. been working for him for a little while. Let him go. Uh, how yeah. many people have tried to do that as well? Didn't, didn't Dunst still try and do that down at Hawthorne as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then remember opposition players would sort of stand yeah. before the 10-metre circle came in yeah. just a little bit in Buddy's eye line. Yeah. Because he's like, he's like a horse. He needs blinkers. If he, <laughs> so he gets spooked. We've <laughs> all seen Buddy just bolt from the, from the ground. But they reckon... Uh, he lost, he lost weight. And if anyone over, out there is uh, overweight, just get on a motorbike. On a motorbike? Yeah, that's how Plugger... He's into enduro racing. Oh, really? Yeah, and this is how he lost his weight. He went from Barrel in New South Wales, one of the, the home of Plugger, and he rode from Barrel across to Perth. It's a very long ride. That's this huge. Is exercise. That's what he, he well, he was in an enduro race, so, although I don't think this was a part of the race. Anyway, from... Barrel to Perth, then north to Broome, which what is an the? enormous ride, and then from Broome across to Cairns. Dude. Before heading home. Dude, that would take forever. Well, yeah. And he didn't I, eat the entire time. No, no, he forgot to pack lunch, <laughs> yeah. so he's just like, fuck it out. How many days would that take? Surely, is, what is it, four days or something over to Perth? Or uh, uh, three days? Easily. If you're on a motorbike, two, would it take, would it be quicker? I mean, you're, you're avoiding all the traffic. You can slip in and out of all those traffic jams. You're, yeah. you're stuck on the Nullarbor, <laughs> <laughs> so you're a little bit quicker. And then up to Broome. Broome would be So that would be a four or five day drive, wouldn't it, up to Broome? All right, I could do it all in a week. I'd do the whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing in a week. And this is, uh, so this is the Swans president who said it's ridiculous what he does on a very heavy bike. So obviously the bike weighs a lot. So if you want to lose weight, just get on a motorbike and the weight will just come off you. I imagine it's yeah. a bit like, a, you know, those old-fashioned, they put an elastic band around your waist and it kind of... Goes back and forth, bit of a vibration. Oh, the vibration! Oh, yeah, a, I yeah, think yeah. it's a bit like that. I think you can still get vibrating. those. No, but this is how strong he is now that they said that he can do twenty one-armed chin-ups. Really? Jeez. That is that is impressive. I can do twenty-two, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, but that's, I don't want to make you're big deal. Fit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you rode around Europe on and a unicycle. <laughs> also, huge news down at the Swans: the nineteenth-century uh, key position star Peter Burns. Burnsy. Is uh, to become a legend, a Bloods legend. Burnsy. The hard-nosed defender who uh, played midfield and ruck debut for South Melbourne in 1885, winning the VAFA, no, the VFA flag. Do you know he's one of Australia's first heart surgeons, that guy? Is that a true thing? No, I just made that up. (laughs) What's his name? Burns. Burns. Uh, What's his full name? Peter, didn't I say? Yeah, Peter Burns. Peter Burns, 1885, he debuted and... uh, Talk of, the, talk of the town. Everybody knows him. He's a legend. Why do you reckon it took 120 years? Like, what happened in 1913 yeah. and they went, oh, fuck, he's not getting into the Hall of Fame now. Maybe in, maybe in a century people uh, will have moved on when yeah. he stoned that witch. There was a little controversy with, with uh, a snuff doping uh, <laughs> back in the day. And, you know, now they're, over, they're moving on. They're mm. moving on. 
So the Saints are uh, they turn around their fortunes as well. Um, they're gonna they're changing the way they travel now. Every every team has to travel, and no team knows what to do with their routine because it throws you out. Like if you go to Adelaide, that's as we saw, like it's a tough thing. Like Taylor Walker couldn't get to Captain's Day. I went to Adelaide uh, on Friday. How are you now? I'm I'm beat. Yeah, I'm absolute beat. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I was up till three a.m. both times. <laughs> but uh, at stand-up gigs, okay, so it wasn't just being crazy. Yeah. Um. Uh, and one thing I oh I kicked myself, David. I forgot to take the I love the footbridge um, stubby holder over with me to get oh. a photo. What's I actually point of didn't even get to get time to go to the actual footbridge. So it was a pretty pointless weekend. As are there, far are as there posters around the city of the footbridge, like signs saying to the footbridge, you are here. 200 <laughs> metres to the footbridge, 400 metres yeah. to the footbridge? <laughs> footbridge, yeah. No, it gets at the, at, the, at the airport, lots yeah. of photos. So Mav Weller has come out and said that they did things a little bit differently during the JLT uh, uh, campaign. Now, that, that's a time to experiment. Mm. That's when you go, you know what, guys, we're going to try something a little bit different here. Let's see if it works. And he said the way they travelled, uh, they're making travel less complicated. Uh, so it just means each player can get comfortable. So what they do is they say, well, he says, we just simplified everything. We allowed the boys to do what they do at home. If you do get up early and do your routine, then that's what you do. There's no pressure on, like, he likes to sleep in. So if they go away, sleep in. Just rock and, up whenever you're ready. Yeah, and he said that when uh, they went to Albury, which is, you know, a three-hour drive from Melbourne, mm-hmm. and, you know, even though you're in your own car, listening to your own music, mm-hmm. doing whatever you want to do, when you get to Albury, you just go into your own routine, pretend you're back at home. Like, maybe you get on, uh, you know, Red Tube. Or do you think they might have flown that? Do you reckon they'd fly? I reckon they would. Well, did they win? Would they didn't. Say? Well, that's a great little theory, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Mav. Well, my most surprising thing about that story is that Mav Well is in the leadership group. How did that happen? I think the, the stocks are pretty slim down at the Saints at the minute. And they're, get, they're getting, they're Mate, getting, obviously they're getting better. Jaron Geary, I know, everyone's favourite captain. Yeah. I know, I know. They're all the journalists. Who are you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jaron, who? Yeah. Yeah. Where's Nick Rewald? Yeah. I mean, what's happened? Jared, he's on all the wheat, wheat bix. Jaron, Jaron, Jaron. Sorry, slip the tongue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I know I've got the poster on the wall, but yeah, hmm. it's a tad slim. I well, think. you know him as Jazza. Hmm. JG, you call him. I'm going to say the G man, and yeah. maybe spelt with a J. I'm not sure. Yeah, I who knows? I haven't seen the photo from Captain's Day, which I know you love yeah. of all the captains. But I'm guessing he was back left corner. You're going to say so? He's not front row, Jerry. Yeah. Not yet. Can you? What number does he wear? Oh fuck, I don't know. But I don't know numbers anymore. Don't you? No. Trent Cochin. Uh, no. Starchy. Trent Cochin, of course, is number. Nine? Yes. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, well done. What about uh, Rowan Showmakers? Uh, isn't he 20... No, 25? Yeah, he's 25. Yeah. yeah. I reckon I could name all our captain's numbers. I don't want to, but I think I could. So you said... That's a super talent you got there. Yeah. No, it's pretty... And so the St Kilda captain's number is... Jaron Geary, I'm going to say he's 14. You're going to say, yeah, might be. I could so, be wrong. So essentially when St Kilda go away, instead of getting everybody up at 10am to go for a walk around the park, they're going to say, do whatever you want. Do whatever you do. But wouldn't a lot of the players, I mean, if you're at home, there's a lot of different things you can do as opposed to being in a hotel room where you're stuck watching a shitty, uh, you know, win TV. So it's just do what you do. So off, you know, usher a girl out the back door yeah. when your, your girlfriend comes home. Yeah. 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 It's just regular stuff, standard stuff players do. Yeah. Or go stay at Craig Lambert's yeah. house. That yeah. kind of stuff yeah. you do during a regular season. What if you're in New Zealand, you're at a cake tin? I mean, you've got a... You're up. You're looking around town, aren't you? you know, well, yeah. You're, you're, that's you're the other thing. You're going to be tired. Yeah. yeah. What, what about when uh, 
Port Adelaide and the Gold Coast go to uh, Shanghai. Oh, you got to take photos. You get up, you walk around, and you kind of take you take things in. But see, do they allow that? All right. So Darren Burgess, the uh, the Port Adelaide uh, PE teacher, does he allow for the players walking two or three hundred kilometres on the Great Wall? Like, does he factor that in? Like, will Port Adelaide fade out in that game because they've spent so much time wandering around the Great Wall? I think you have a, uh, a less a less physical week in the build-up. So you go to the Terracotta Warriors. Yeah. You, you wouldn't actually... Oh, more static sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. go the whole wall. No. That'd be crazy. That yeah, would be no, foolish. that's a fair point. Yeah. Mm. Hey, can I talk about our security for the coaches? Yes, please. Because the AFL wants them to bump it up. Because uh, they... Because I'm punching them and the people in the throat. <laughs> no, but they, uh, it's quite interesting. Is this for the safety of the spectators, though, is well, it? Well, probably depending on which coach it was. But uh, they have guidelines here. They say, don't walk alone to your car on match days. Oh, hang on. So this isn't from the coach's box down to the ground? No, this is like in real life. This oh. is like this is added on. Uh, they've got to be escorted by two licensed security officers back to their vehicles after the game. Who's saying this? The AFL. The AFL have come out and said that, is there a reason? Like, did they get a threat? I'm not sure. I suppose they're guidelines. I don't know if they're actually kind of enforceable things. Or you know what makes me happy is that the AFL is, is getting my emails. Huh. <laughs> All the coaches are, anyway. Yeah. It says here, not, not to sit in general public areas at AFL games during forward scouting missions and oh. not, to sit, uh, not to arrive or sit alone. So when you're showing up to watch yeah. the team the next week... Because they always pander the coach in the crowd. Yeah, they oh, do. There's Clarko. Yeah. He's checking out for next week. How do they find them in the crowd like that? Do you think they have certain seats they have to go to each time? Oh, I would think so. Like, I can't imagine if Clarko gets here, he's buying a general admission yeah. ticket. So I, I imagine the I'm AFL... Kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the AFL would probably have a, a designated section, don't you think? Because all the players yeah. sit in a certain section. Yeah. Not that the coaches sit with them. Here we go. To minimise contact with members of the public at airports by leaving baggage collection to club officials. So they don't have to wait around the, uh, the, the barrier. Yeah, they fucking coaches or Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, they, Barmy, he'll, he'll be able to avoid you going to, uh, going to punch after his that. captain's day. Dude, it's remote. full on. So to remain on the team bus when arriving at hotels for interstate games until another club official has checked the venue. So someone's got to case what? it out before you wander in. Yeah. But does that mean, okay, so, okay, Barmy, he's the, he's the footy, footy manager. Does he get off first and say, Bucks, you stay on the bus? Yeah. I'm going to go through every seat here at the Gabba, because it's known as the Gabbatoire. Who yeah. knows how yeah. it got that name? We haven't yeah. looked into that. Yeah. Could have been a huge slaughter of coaches up there. And so they go through and he goes, no, nah, you're all good. I've checked every yeah. seat. Yeah. Goes, what about top deck? What about... Uh... There was a ticking package under one of them. You know <laughs> yeah, under Z16, yeah. but don't worry about that. That's pretty full on. They also say to avoid queuing at uh, VFL and second tier games and then pre- arrange pre- pre-ticketing and stuff. Um, now they just jump in the line. But I think like, they shouldn't have to queue. If you're an AFL yeah. coach and you're standing in line, someone in front of you should go, Clarko, what do you want? You want a VB? What do you want? You want a Carlton draft? Yeah. Talk to me. I'll hook you up. I love it, though, when you get that over-officious gatekeeper and Clarko oh. hasn't got his ID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. mate. Yeah, Come yeah. And, there's the whole, and then Clarko loses his, you know, nana. Yeah. But then everyone says... Good on you, mate, for you know yeah, doing following your job, pro- yeah. following protocol. Yeah. There's always one a year of those. Yeah. And they're always in hospital after a throat punch. Yeah, yeah so has there been extra threats or something? Is there, the people calling in the AFL and saying we're going to you know, punch Damien Hardwick at the quarter time? Well, I mean, Richmond fan wants yeah. to do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, obviously they're keeping it quiet, but to release this kind of information tells you that something's been going on mm. and that the AFL is particularly worried. Anyway, we encourage all junk timers out there. See yeah. if you can punch snap a coach. coach. Score yourself a coach this yeah, year. Because wow. they're making it difficult. They're making it hard for you. All right, who would you go first? Bolts? Uh, by the fact he's probably the smallest. Yeah. 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 Easy yeah. best shot, isn't it? Yeah. Or Rocket. 
Oh, no, Rocket would take it with a, a smile and grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's the oldest. At least he can get away from you. You can punch yeah. him and just, you know, walk upstairs. Yeah, I don't think Rocket doesn't have that kind of age, like the Mick Malthouse kind of, especially just because the hair doesn't have the grey Like, it doesn't yeah. feel like he's True. overly old. Mm. Um, Who would you snap? Starchy, if we're talking I about which AFL coach. You well, seriously, at my height, uh-huh. Brendan Bolton Brendan is the Bolton. only one that I wouldn't even I wouldn't even go close to doing that. I'd probably just shake his hand. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'd freak out. But yeah, he's a yeah. They're all pretty mean. They're all pretty mean on the footy field. Well, Clarko was a nutcase. Yeah, well, yeah. Bushart no. was a nutcase. Yeah, no, you're not going near him. Uh, you're not going near Ross Lyon unless you want your fucking yeah. throat ripped out. <laughs> I emceed a, a Christmas gig where Ross Lyon was at, and I, I did it every year. It was a sort of a. Uh, a thing where, you know, we auction off items for a charity, good yeah. cause. And it's funny, me and a mate do it, a lot of laughs normally. <laughs> uh, and and, and we, at the end of one, for the first time he gave me some feedback. After three years I'd done this and just nailed it. Yeah. Goes, you went, it's funny this year. That's oh. all he said. Rossi. That's all he said. He plays mind games. I yeah, think he does doesn't that with he? His what and kind of organisation was it? I was just a f- friend organising a, a, a fundraiser for, you know, cancer yep. people or whatever. But it was – and we have a different charity every year we raise funds for. And yep. everyone donates things and we auction them off. A lot of fun, a lot of banter. And he goes, you went as funny this year. But he, you just know that's what he did with his players. Yeah. And they'd be going, fuck, was I, what, what did I do differently this year? And you just oh, – I high-fived him and said, you're good. Did you have any – at any stage, do you think to yourself, hey, can you keep your fucking opinions to yourself, mate? Well, it's a pity it didn't happen – last year at the end of the season because they had a shocker and it would have been good to just turn it back on him really <laughs> just stick to your own job mate uh, well you could just said hey ross i um i haven't won any grand finals uh how, how are you oh neither that's right yeah. <laughs> we're, we're equal in this regard did you do a did you do a gig the next year no, so they no so that's been it so so there's only been three three and, and was he, that he, he, but he's, he's seen all three i think and they're great and then last year we didn't have one, so... Yeah, right. Fuck, it got into your head that much. Yeah. You just you pulled out. Yeah. No, no, the whole thing wasn't on, but, but he's... Because good. of Ross Lyon? Is that why there's well, death threats? That's, that could be... My, maybe it was me. Did you, did you reflect back on your performance you and did. go, fuck, how did we do it? What you, did I do wrong? Yeah, no, you're serious. That's what he's like. <laughs> the way he says it, right. he just goes, you know, it's just a little throwaway line. You weren't as funny this year. Yeah. But, you know. Good he, job. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, it wasn't bad. <laughs> and you just go, fuck... <laughs> No, that's and that's the that's the, that's the, the beauty. genius yeah. of this man. That's what he does. But I think he, at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. You can piss people off a little, yeah. And that's why he hasn't won a flag, yeah. Because he's got some people it works with, and others it just goes. No, I think stuff. he's put the fire in the belly there. Yeah. No, the next the next one is going to be huge. Yeah. It's a feud. It's a blood feud. I love it. It's mm. almost like you and you and Barmy. Hey, guess how many players uh, earn over a million dollars? In their salary, not you know, all up. All right, can we guess which players? Oh, you can guess which players, Buddy, yeah, for sure. Obviously, he earns that every five minutes. Yep. Yeah. So we've got Buddy and Gary Ablett. Yep. Uh, oh, who else? GWS. Who went up there for a lot of money? Oh, Scully. Yeah. Did we, Tom Scully was he on a million? I think I think he was one of the, one of the huge overpaid ones. I don't know if yeah. that was one of them. He and his dad were on yeah. like well, six million each. And they had to include his dad in the salary cap. Yeah. Uh, Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd. Yep. yep. That's one. another one. Yeah. So how many were out there? Three. Yeah. Buddy Boyd. Then there are two that I kind of Gary Ablett. Two mild su- surprised at, but okay. You'd think they'd have to be at the expansion clubs. Uh, uh, no, they aren't. Um, so, so shut up. Oh Sydney. <laughs> no, what, they pay for Tippett. That wasn't a million, was nah, it? Nah, he was. He was on about eight hundred, yeah. wasn't he? Uh, one man who won a Brownlow, broken leg. Fifey. Fifey. He's got a mill. And then Nick Nat and Pendles. 
Pendles. Yeah, that surprised me actually. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think he's worth that, but I thought they would have had more of an even spread. Mm. But also, maybe that kind of thing where one year is you know more weighted than another. Oh, they back end him, Michael. Yeah. Or they front load him. Well, it says Buddy's going to get one point three this year, oh. I think, and then it's like one point five the, in twenty twenty one. He gets ten cents or something down the track. Fife, do you reckon there's any way that he really won the vote, the popular vote for captain? <laughs> No, I wouldn't have thought so, because I, as, as I said on this uh, podcast... We've been, we've been hearing things, Yeah, word David. came through that he's not a popular man at Fremantle. I reckon it would have been a secret ballot. David Mundy would have got 95% of the votes, <laughs> and he just go, we want to keep this bloke next year. That's yeah, true. We Fife, well done, Fifey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you nearly had him. Yeah. And because and I, I, I saw a bit of that article, is the, the average wage for a footballer now is 300000 bucks a year. That, yeah. That's a bit low, isn't it? And he's poor... <laughs> The poor guys, you know, they're just trying to get a kick for eight months of the year and all they get is 300 grand. I mean, Actually, fuck, my, you know, we need, we need to chip in a bit. Most plumbers earn that nowadays. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. If you've got any, you know, carpentry skills, you're probably up there. Yeah, if you're a child author like yourself. I mean, that, that money, that's just chicken feed for you. Say I make 50 cents a book. Yeah. All I need to do is sell two million of the little things. Yep. And I'm a millionaire. That's not bad. That's brilliant. Yeah. So do you walk around in shops saying how shit Specky McGee is? Like, did you come wander up to the shelves <laughs> and be like, oh, God, I wrote my, you know, my, my, my kids read that one. They I, hate it. I, I do a little bit of that. And also, if I ever, you know, any of the books I've written, I pull them out on mm-hmm. the bookshelf so they stand out a little bit. I don't know if that is added to any sales. But do I'll you wander down and kind of see how they are? Yeah, and you, you talk to the people in the store and, yeah. you know, how they go. And they go, sorry, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. No, we haven't sold one for the last six years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. It's been good, good to catch up. Um, but, yeah, no, you do. You go and you have a relationship with the people at a few bookstores. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's quite sad if they're not selling them. But when, when it's going well, they, it's great. What about the, the book? Like, would it have helped or um, hindered the sales when Specky McGee touched his best mate's wallet? In one of their, <laughs> in one of their uh, chapters. Because yeah. Yeah. if you're unsure, yeah. one of the authors of Specky yeah. McGee was uh, Gary Lyon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. With, with Cyril and uh, Fox Swift, I told him, if you win the Norm Smith medal, I just want you to say two words. Just get up on the podium, yeah. say Fox Swift, and then get out of there. Yeah. And he thought that was funny. He goes, yeah, you do that. <laughs> then on the day, he wins the Norseman medal, and I'm going, I can't believe this. Here it is. How many book sales are we going to get? He's going to say Fox Swift. He's going, what's Fox Swift? Everyone's going to buy the book. And he got up there, and instead, you know what he did? He dedicated it to his you know, dead relation. Deceased friend, Deceased yeah. friend. So, uh, you know. It's disappointing, isn't it? Well, when someone lets you down like that, you know. Well, your priorities. Yeah. And priorities. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you must think when you when you win Norm Smith medal is about shifting units. Yeah, <laughs> you got to think about the bottom line. That's all it's about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Kieran, Kieran Perkins did when he won that eight hundred meters. What did he do? He thanked every sponsor under the sun. He was amazing. Uncle Toby's. He went through the whole list. Smart man. Yeah. Hey, so we uh, wrap it up, Adam. Yes, let's wrap it up. We've got a few footballers in real life. Oh. Here we go. Uh, but before we get to that, our live show. Yes, April, April 7th, 7th European Beer Cafe, 11 p.m. Late and loose kind of show. Adam Cooney, Merrick Watts. Tickets are only $15 at trybooking.com. Get your tickets. You know the last ones have been great. This one's going to be fantastic. And it's only going to be, what, the second round? So it's going to be awesome. And Maybe round three. Cheeky recording of an album. Uh, Arrow stand-up, 8.30, Smith Street, 80 Smith Street at... Uh, Case right up, sturdy secrets. Uh, it's going to take about an hour, mate. It'll be fine. Be good mm. times. Uh, about three, four spots left. And also, my 
International Melbourne International Comedy Festival show from April 10 to April 23. It's 945 Imperial Hotel, comedyfestival.com.au. Yes, and for those who are interested in Supercoach, we had uh, the league that I mentioned uh, last week fill up very quickly. So if you want to get on board, get yourself a pen and write down these league numbers. The first one is 415124. 415124. The second league is 697480. 697480. And league number three is 787537. That one again, 787537. Get yourself into the Supercoach Leagues. Take on the Junk Time team and see how you go. And also, returning to the airwaves this year is uh, Friday Front Bar. The show with uh, Sam Pang, Mick Malloy and uh, Andy Ma. I'm doing some writing for that show and we're looking for an audience. So if you want to come along and uh, see that show be filmed live, it's been filmed after the footy on Thursday night. So uh, after the Richmond-Carlton game on this Thursday. It's going to be a late show, but uh, you know, just email them and find out what the deal is. Uh, FridayFrontBar at gmail.com. So you can get yourself along to see that. Oh, yeah, and Being tickets for that, that album thing we're going to record at junktimeaflpod at gmail.com. Just request a ticket there. Yes, so, yeah, if you want to see Friday Front Bar, it's uh, fridayfrontbar at gmail.com. Let them know that Junk Time sent you. And you can come along, you know, maybe not for this week, but just uh, put your name down for during the season. That's a lot of plugging, Dave. Yes. I a can't lot of plugging. how much plugging gets done on this yeah. show. Do you want to mention Fox Swift at any point? No, just, you know... Yeah, okay. Fox with one, two, and three. Yep. And of course, the Ball Stars. If you love basketball, if your kids love basketball, even your kids hate basketball, buy it for them. The Ball Stars books, their winners, two out already, the Bench Warmers and one other one. And there's two more coming out the start of May. They're going to be hot. And what age is Fox with aimed at? Eight to 12. Okay, cool. Yeah, eight to 12. So, or if you know, if you're 22 and a bit, bit behind, <laughs> a bit slow. Yeah. We have a uh, segment, Footballers in Real Life, where listeners send in uh, when they've spotted. People from the AFL world. Yeah, or they've had town. interactions with them at a uh, music music festival. festivals. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. A couple yeah. Of interesting ones we get. Um, okay, from Lewis. Uh, saw Melbourne player Jack Trengrove along with a couple other players on the Red Eye flight from Perth to Melbourne. The club is nice enough to buy them the extra leg room emergency aisle seat. It's good on you, Melbourne. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Is Jack Trengrove going to get a game this year? He's been sort of as a former captain who mm. would have been in on Captain's Day. With Dylan Grimes, they've kind of cast him aside. But he's not on the Is he on the list still? I think he's on the list, but uh, remember he came back from a foot injury. He was yeah, going to go oh. to Richmond and then some yeah. uh, sc- the scans revealed uh, a fucked not foot. Good. Yeah. Oh, that's a technical term, is it? Fuck yeah. foot? Okay. So <laughs> that's reveal. Here's from Matt. Another Melbourne one. On a recent holiday with the family on the Gold Coast. Ah, oh, Gold Coast. Lovely place. Yeah. Over a scrumptious... Uh, Buffet breakfast, the QT Gold Coast spotted the Melbourne great number nine, David Needs, with his partner, in brackets, wife, also enjoying a feed. Headed to the pool with the kids after breakfast to see Nita also lounging by the pool and catching up on the news of the day. I love it. You know what? I did a uh, stand-up gig to David Needs once. I think he was on a Bucks night. This is at the old comedy club in Carlton. And uh, he came up to me after the show, Starchy, and said, great show. So he's not uh, not taken from the same book as uh, Ross Lyon. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Okay, I like this one here. Uh, let me get it up. It's from Anonymous. Ooh, Anonymous. I love this. Someone love where this is Someone's going. requested they not be named. Love it. I'm a plumber working at the New Perth Stadium. Just want to clear up the confusion about the Great Footbridge. The Footbridge. Okay, yeah. So we talked about the Footbridge yes, last week. We yep. said the wells aren't going to hold. People are going to die en masse. Yep. The bridge connects <laughs> the stadium to the city, actually very close to the Wacker in East Perth. 
As you can see, they build the base of the bridge either side of the swan, then drop the prefabricated metal structure on top of it. Although the welds may not be up to specification, the bridge was constructed overseas, and the bridge was constructed overseas, we have all been assured it's more than safe. Yeah, if you're assured... Oh. You know, by some who, who did the assuring? Just some, some, some bloke guy, at the someone assured them. Macca said it was fine. Yeah, we, we are, you, are you wet? You're not wet. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> and then here we go. Maybe kept my yeah, name. Yeah, we can all hear creaking, mate. Yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> uh, and then another one. This is another one from Perth. This is Alastair um, uh, during the Perth Fringe. Um, Nick Nat. At the Noodle Palace, there's a venue of the Perth Fringe. Oh, yes. It's converted university, I think it is. Uh, Nick Nat jumped on the decks, played some absolute bangers. DJ, the club was loving it, and Nick Nat was uh, greeted with jubilant applause. When God, he's versatile, isn't he, Nick Nat? <laughs> he can dunk, he can DJ, he gets can paid do everything. Gets paid a million dollars. Yeah. And then also here, David uh, just left the Junior Village Cinema South Bank, uh, Southland, where Nick Del Santo was at the same viewing of Peppa Pig as me and my kids. Oh, oh that's, that's nice cute. Uh, looked like it was his boy Jude's second birthday, and Nicky Dow was having a blast going down the slide with his little ones. Good on you, Super Dad. That's great. Uh, that wraps it up, Adam. Hey, David, thank you very much for joining us. It's so incredibly kind of you. Absolute pleasure to be here. By the way, Hodgie was actually spotted is it, at the Harp Hotel last Sunday. Did you know that? Was he? Yeah, which was the day after, the 21st. So there's a wash-up. The uh, 21st, then a wash-up. Maybe I've said too much. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. we love it. Yeah. We love it. No, that, but uh, it's done like Hawthorne. Like, if they knew the truth, they would have suspended him. Like, you know, because he drank, drove once, and that was fine. Yeah. But you can't be at the Harp drinking with people on a Sunday. Well, you, you know, if you, if you commit a crime, that's fine. Yeah, but just don't be late for training. No, absolutely not. No, that's fair enough. We're just making it competitive around one. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Handicapping ourselves. No, it's going to be good. Uh, yeah, no, great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll see you later, guys. Go Hawks. Go Blues. Go Bombers. in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com